0: We're teaching on our relationships with our husband, our wife. And, of course, we're relating not only to a husband and wife relationship, but rather to any relationship that you may have, whether a friendship, a spiritual relationship in the church, a work relationship. Uh, In any relationship, this principle is necessary. It is a necessary ingredient for you to have a successful relationship relationship and a productive relationship and that principle is agreement. The power that is in agreement. We know from Matthew 12 and verse 25, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. So anytime you have a group of people together, then there needs to be some clear communication so that you can have real agreement. Now, some people have problems agreeing with themselves. And in reality, we all have had a few of those problems because we know from the book of James uh, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And it says, don't let that person or that man or woman uh, think that they shall receive anything of the Lord. So you have to, first of all, agree with God in order to find agreement within yourself. And so that you are clearly uh, in agreement with the Father God. And the way that you can be in agreement with God is to be in agreement with His Word. So then if you come into real agreement with God, then you can come into agreement within your own self that you will not be double-minded swaying one way or the other all the time. And then if you can agree with God and you can come into agreement and, uh, in your own self with your heart and your mind in agreement and you're in agreement with God, then you can agree with people. Uh, most people's a problem with people is not necessarily someone else, but many times it's their own personal uh, inner self or in their minds and their emotions. Uh, they're having issues within themselves, and so it's hard for them to get along with people. And uh, so uh, many times we like to blame it on someone else, but many times it's an unresolved issue within our own soul. And so if we will examine ourselves, first of all, in the light of God's Word and, and come into agreement with God and in agreement with the Word of God, uh, then it's much easier for us to have agreement within our house or with our spouse or with our uh, wife or husband uh, and then within our, with our children and, and on all other relationships, friendships, job-related relationships, relationships within the church. Uh, we, must, we must contend for this thing called agreement. Uh, contend for unity because the devil is the one who is endeavoring to divide, and uh, the devil is divisive. Uh, he tried to get Adam and Eve divided from God and succeeded. He got them separated from God, and when he got them separated from God, then there's all kinds of evil that came, and their children one kills another, and so the generations after that have been affected. Uh, adversely, and uh, sin has invaded the human race and death and sickness and pain of every kind you can imagine and some you don't want to imagine, but thank God for redemption. Jesus came to redeem us by his blood and has redeemed us from sin and sickness, disease and fear and confusion and, and, and dissension and hatred and bitterness, and God wants you to live a life of love and uh, so that you can have a house full of the love of God. You ought to be able to go home and experience the love of God. And so if that's not presently what you're experiencing, that's what you're shooting for. Amen? Uh, You always want to see the Word of God as a uh, benchmark or a place or a goal in your life that you want to go there. If if you've not gone there yet, you're going to go there. We're headed that direction, praise the Lord. And uh, we're going to succeed, and we're going to find agreement in our home. We're going to find agreement in our uh, husband and wife relationship, our children uh, relationships, and then, of course, uh, friend and our relationships within the church and uh, in any situation on your job, you're going to have to contend for agreement in order to have it because there are forces that do not want you to have it. And he said a house divided against itself or a church divided against itself, a city divided against itself, a nation divided against itself, a, a, a job or a business divided against itself will not stand. So in every case, if we want to stand and be effective and be productive in life, then we must find this place of agreement in our life. Praise the Lord. Amos 3 and 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? In order to have agreement again, you must communicate. Because many times there are perceptions, there are uh, things in our lives that we perceive to be one way and really are not that way. Uh, And in every relationship you'll find that you perceive things improperly at some point or another. Whether it's a husband and wife, a friendship, a relationship with your children, a business relationship, a relationship in the church. uh, Sometimes you perceive it to be one way and it's really not the way that you perceive it to be. So then you must communicate. And sometimes simple communication will dissolve every lie of the devil. That's why the devil tries to keep you within your own world so that he can keep you from communicating effectively with someone else. If he can keep you from communicating with your husband and your wife, sometimes you're walking around for days and weeks with certain perceptions that are not accurate. And so you're allowing a wedge to be uh, put between the two of you and a division between the two of you. And so you have to work at communication so that you maintain a spirit of agreement in your home and in your marriage. Praise the Lord. Then we go to 1 Peter. We're reviewing right now. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. Or other translations say in an understanding way. Well, to have understanding, you must communicate. You're never going to have an understanding of other people unless there has been or is being some level of communication. You're not going to understand people if you never communicate. Again, your perceptions may be off or inaccurate. So, if you communicate your real uh, true heart and desires and feelings and communicate them, not that you wear your feelings on your sleeve all the time, always got a chip on your shoulder and always got to communicate your feelings, but understand your feelings are important as well. That you, what are your desires? What is important to you? Because what is important to one may not be important to another. And it's not necessarily that one is good over the other, it's just that that is their personality, that is their desire. And if that's their desire and you love them, you want to please them. Is that right? And so we want to work at blessing other people, encouraging other people, and especially in our home. He says, your husbands dwell with them in an understanding way, giving honor unto the wife. Give honor to your wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Your heirs together of the grace of life so that your prayers are not hindered. I was just listening to Dad Hagen, and he was talking about some preachers that he was associated with. And he said in each of those cases, he heard them talk about their wives in a disrespectful, dishonorable way. And uh, in, in, in all of four of those cases, he said they all died early. And he said the reason they did is they dishonored their wife. Now, that's pretty strong language, but I'm just telling you the truth. And uh, a lot of times in our lives, we don't know why things happen. And we're, and we're questioning God, like, why did God let this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this person die early? Well, many times it's because of our own actions. It's the, own, it's the seeds that we've sown in our life. And eventually those seeds come up. And so we don't want that kind of seed in our life. If you want honor, you've got to sow honor. And you can't expect to go on your job and receive honor if you don't sow some honor at home. You say, well, I sow honor on my job. Well, that's, uh, that's outside of your home. And you need to sow some at home if you want to receive some outside of your home. Come on. Because your seed comes up everywhere. Not just where you sow it. I said your seed comes up everywhere. If you sow dishonor, it will affect, he says, that it will hinder your prayers. Now, I don't know about you, but if there's anything I don't want hindered hinder, it's my prayers. I don't want my relationship with God hindered. And that's where you have to value your relationship with God. And if you value your relationship with people, you know that unforgiveness and dishonor and disrespect... And seeds of discord are gonna hinder your relationship with God. So, God, be it far from me that I would sow that kind of stuff because I don't wanna hinder my relationship with God. I don't wanna hinder my relationship with Jesus. And that's why many people they'll sow those things because they don't realize this affecting their relationship with God. And then when things are not happening for them that they want to happen, they're wondering why. And then they're asking God, and they're coming for counseling, and they're asking me, and they're asking you, and they're saying, Why isn't it working? Why am I not prospering? Why is uh, there not peace in my life? Why? Because you're so in discord. Amen. I'm preaching real good. Amen. Just smile real big and Amen. glory to God. So you reap what you sow. Amen. You don't want to hinder your prayers. You want your prayers to be effective. And he says you're an heir together of the grace of life. And if there's anywhere you want agreement, it's in your home. Yes. Anywhere you want agreement, it is in your marriage relationship. Because that is the most powerful agreement that you can have in life. is between you and your wife. And so that's one of the primary reasons the devil is constantly badgering marriage constantly attacking marriage, attacking uh, uh, the husband and the wife because he wants to destroy that agreement in your home because he knows there's power in unity and there's power in agreement and if you two get together and agree in the spirit, praise God, he doesn't have a chance with your kids, he doesn't have a chance with your family, he doesn't have a chance with the future of your life and he is not going to win against you because there is power in your agreement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth. Now, if there's anywhere you're on earth, it's in your home. And so, in your home... He said, you need to be in unity and honor and respect one another so that there is a connection and not division. Because a house divided against itself will not stand. So in this case, Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth as touching anything that you ask, here your agreement affects your effectiveness in prayer. Or it affects your relationship with God. I want God to hear me when I pray. And I want to get answers. And so he says that if two of you agree on earth, that's touching anything that you ask. So if you have concerns about your children or you have concerns about your finances, you have concerns about your business or your job, then you and your wife can get together and you can agree in prayer. And there is power in agreement. And the greatest power is between you and your wife. Your greatest authority is in your home. And the Bible even teaches if you can't rule your house, how are you going to rule the church of God? So in other words, if you're going to be in leadership as a pastor or a bishop, then you need to take care of your home. Take care of your family. If you're going to be in leadership in the church, you need to take care of your family. We want you to take care of your kids. We want you to watch out for them. I want you to be a blessing to others, but I want you to watch out for your own home. Watch out for your own family, because your family is vital and valuable to God, and it's vital and valuable to you, and your future is largely largely affected by your relationship in your home, your effectiveness in life. So he says, if you agree as touching anything you ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So the Father God gets involved in your life. I don't want to be independent from God. I want to be dependent upon Him. And I encourage you to do the same. Be dependent upon God. Well, if you're dependent upon God, then you're you're going to have to pray continually. You're going to have to reach out to Him for help and wisdom, insight. Whatever you need in life, God has it, but He needs you to ask. He said you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. miss. In other words, you got wrong motives or wrong attitudes, and so you're missing the mark. But God wants you to be clearly focused on the promise and on the plan of God for your life, and he wants you to be able to ask in faith and receive the promise of God. Verse 20 says, And where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. So, your best practice session is in your home. If you want to be effective on your job, practice at home. If you want to be effective in the church, practice at home. Practice praying with your spouse at home. Agreeing with them at home. Believing God together. Expecting God's best will to be accomplished in your life. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus, said, I'm right there. So you don't have to even wait to get to church to ask somebody to pray. You don't have to ask somebody else to agree with you. You can ask your husband or your wife. Now, I'm not saying don't ask someone else. I'm just saying that you have the best power of agreement in your home. Say, so, well, I'm having some problems in my home. Well, you know, just wisely ask the right people. Don't tell everybody. Some people don't, uh, don't maintain very well. confidentiality very well. So don't tell everybody your business. Come on. Tell people that you know can maintain some confidentiality and they will believe God with you. They'll believe God to work in your life, work in your home, work in your family. Glory be to God. And when somebody comes to you, maintain confidentiality. Hold that thing and believe God and expect God. Because it doesn't get better because you tell five people. It gets better because somebody prays and presses into God. I'm preaching real good. Two or three gather together in my name. He said, Jesus is right there in the midst. You want Jesus to be right in your home. I want Jesus in my living room, in my bedroom, in my bathroom. I want Jesus in my study. I want Jesus everywhere in my house. I want Jesus in the kitchen so the food's good. Praise the Lord. You want Jesus everywhere. You want the love of God in your home. God's love abounding in your hearts. The love of God shed abroad in your heart, in your wife's heart, in your husband's heart, in your children's heart, the love of God in the home. And you have to fight for that. You have to fight the devil. And you have to fight the flesh. You have to fight the spirit of this world because the spirit of this world is endeavoring to invade your home and invade your family. And they'd like to even dissolve the family, period. But God has a plan. And God is not going to let it be dissolved because the hand of God is upon His people and the hand of God is upon this earth and God will build His church. Hallelujah. And He will build His family. He created the family. He created Adam and Eve, put them together and said, Now you have kids, be fruitful and multiply, and you subdue the earth, have dominion in the earth, and God means for you as Christians to have kids and and subdue the earth and stand in the Word of God, hallelujah, and see God's authority enacted in this world. Praise the Lord. God is good. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And verse 6. James 4 and verse 6. A married couple who is in agreement, walking in love and forgiveness, is the most powerful agreement in prayer and life that there is. So you're going to have to work at forgiving. Anybody that's been married very long has had to forgive. And people say, well, I never have forgiven. Well,. Jesus, we need some help. Hallelujah. Now, you have to learn to forgive, live with an understanding heart, an understanding mind, and live in the grace of God. Here in James 4 and verse 6 is, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you are living with pride, and certainly that's what destroys so many marriages, is because people are unwilling to drop their pride. Uh, they're unwilling to let go of their own way and so they are unwilling to forgive because they will not admit to wrong and when you're unwilling to admit to wrong in any relationship then it's pride and it will cause destruction because the scriptures tells it tells us that destruction comes as a result of pride and A haughty spirit or attitude. And so, if you're unwilling to humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That he may, what? Exalt you in due time. If you're unwilling to uh, humble yourself and admit to wrong. And have a humble attitude toward your husband or your wife. Now, you're not going to admit your wrong. So then... How are you going to resolve the conflict if you never admit wrong? If you're always right, and I can assure you nobody's always right. No husband is always right, and no wife is always right, and no friend is always right, and no relationship is one party always right. And when people are so determined to be right, of course I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person that's not here today. But they're so determined to be right, they're unwilling to humble themselves. What happens is you lift the grace off of your home. You lift the grace off of your life. It says he gives grace to the humble. He, he, God, resists the proud. Now, you don't want God resisting you. You want God receiving you. You want God's help in your relationship. So pride causes dissension and disagreement and an unwillingness to forgive and to believe in. So when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, God is working with you. When you're prideful, then God resists you. So when you're humble, you submit to God. And in order to really submit in any relationship, you're going to have to have a humble attitude. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can what? Exalt you, lift you up. Well, if the grace of God is off of your life or you have little grace, then you're not lifted. But if you have the grace of God, God's grace lifts you. Even if you're wrong, if you say, I'm sorry. It's really not a bad thing to say, I'm wrong. It's not a bad thing to say, I'm sorry. And, and just admit to your wrong and say it. And when you say it, then it releases something in that relationship. How many have found that to be true in your relationship with your husband, your wife? When you just admit it. And, and it releases the grace in her or in him. To forgive you. So when you have the grace on you and you humble yourself and you repent and you uh, admit your wrong. And, and you say I'm sorry and the grace is on her or on him to respond and say I forgive you. Praise the Lord. The love of God abounds and the devil is shut out of your life. <laughs> Submit therefore to God what resists the devil and he will flee from you. But if you don't submit first to God, and to submit to God is to submit to his word. And to submit to God would be to submit to love. Because First John says, God is love. He that dwells in God dwells in love, and come on. So if you're dwelling in God, you're dwelling in love, and love forgives. And love is not proud and boastful and haughty. Love is willing to say, I'm wrong. Love is willing to say, you're right. Oh, now that's a real push, isn't it? It's one thing to say I'm wrong, but to say you're right, that is really a push on your flesh. But if you'll put your flesh under and just say, Father, give me the grace to express the love of God in my relationship with my wife. So what you're doing is you're shutting the devil out of your life and you're letting God in. You're shutting the devil out of your home with your agreement and your uh, love. You're shutting the devil out and you're letting Jesus in. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. If you agree on earth, it's touching anything. He said the Father would give it to you. He said if you'll honor your wife and you'll live with them in an understanding way, what happens is your prayers are not hindered. So your relationship with God is enhanced rather than hindered. So good things are happening in your life. Now let's go back. We looked at Ephesians a Uh, A couple of weeks ago, but we'll look at it momentarily here. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, verse 21. Says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, we are told in James to submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But here we're told to submit to one another. So then, maintain a submissive attitude. Now, in our society, we've got a real problem many times with submission. Have problems submitting to parents. Have problems submitting to husbands, to wives. Come on. Have problems submitting to one another. And have some problems submitting on the job. Can't keep a job because they're unwilling to submit to the authority and submit to the guidelines and the rules. And so people have issues with submission. Well, if it really is a flesh issue. It's a, it's a flesh problem because your flesh doesn't want to submit. Flesh is rebellious. And that's why you have to drive it out of your children when they're small. Don't wait till they're a teenager. You say they're already a teenager. Well, God's going to help you from here. Praise the Lord. But you got to drive that rebellion out of them so that that you can handle them and deal with them. You still have to deal with issues when they're teenagers, even if you did some uh, discipline when they were children. But you want to get that out of them because you want them to be able to work with the program wherever they go. You want them to be able to work with the program at school. You want them to be able to work with the program uh, on a job when they get a job. Uh, You want them to be able to work with people rather than always bucking the system. because they're always bucking the system, you're not going to prosper. You're not going to succeed because people can't work with people that are always bucking the system. Now, if you will respectfully submit some ideas, I said respectfully submit some ideas. Let me say it again. Respectfully submit some ideas. In a respectful manner, most people want to hear what you got to say. But you've got to show faithfulness in that relationship, whether it's a work relationship, church relationship, home relationship, friendship. you got to show some faithfulness in order to be able to invest some ideas. Because when you show submissive attitude, then it's easy for somebody to receive it. But if you're just bucking the system because you're rebellious and you want your way no matter what, then you can't have a good uh, relationship in your home. You can't have a good relationship in your job. You can't have a good relationship in the church. No matter where you go, you got a problem. So I'm just going to go somewhere else. When, when you get there, it's going to show up. It's in your pocket. It's like, where would that come from? It went with you wherever you go and you have to make up your mind you're going to be a, a one that is willing to work with an agreement with whatever God is doing or whatever the job is whatever relationship you're in you got to work with find some places of agreement find some points of agreement and you know, some people they always highlight the disagreement points bright colors In their home, in their marriage, they're always highlighting the disagreement. You know, the devil likes for you to highlight the disagreement points. Always looking at the points where you don't agree. Sometimes you just need to agree to disagree. Some things are not so important as you might think they are. I know it's real quiet in here, but it's helping you. Praise the Lord. Some things just agree to disagree. It's not worth the fight, not worth the argument. It's really not that big a deal. You say, it is to me. Well, that's, there's the problem. It is to your flesh. Your flesh wants to fight. Your flesh wants to argue. Your flesh wants to be right. Your flesh wants to make its point. And your flesh wants to make them understand. But the truth is, you can't make anybody understand. And the way that they will understand is that you're gracious, you're kind, you're loving about your attitude. And you're respectful and you give honor to that individual in whatever kind of relationship it is. And especially in a marriage. So then you show respect and you receive respect. You show honor, you receive honor. You show love, you receive love. You show kindness, you receive kindness. Whatever you sow, it's what you reap. It's the law of God. So you need to take that law into effect in your home in the positive. Glory to God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. If people realize the power of protection and in submission to God and to one another, they would... Do it. If you realize the power of protection in agreement and submission to God and submission to one another, you would do it because there is power to protect you. There's power in agreement. There's power in submission to authority in your life. But then it says, wives, submit to your, yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Submit yourselves to your husbands. How? As unto the Lord. So your attitude is, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. So if they're not always doing the right thing, you do the right thing. And vice versa, husband, if your wife's not always doing the right thing, you choose to do the right thing. We can always shift the blame to somebody else. You can always say, "If, if she would do this, I would do this. You ever heard that line, if she would, if she would, I would. If they would, I would. Well, why don't you just go ahead and do your part? Oh, it's real quiet in here. (laughs) For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Then it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Husbands, do what? Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So when you submit to God first, to one another second, wives submit to their husbands, what does it do? It produces agreement. It produces agreement. With you and God. It produces agreement with you and another relationship. It produces agreement with you and your spouse. Wonderful relationship. God wants life to be sweet. The devil wants it to be bitter. He wants you to live with bitterness for the rest of your life. He wants you to live with bitterness over the first marriage, the second marriage, the third marriage, and hate the last one. But God wants you to live with the blessing of God on your life. So you have to forgive the past, no matter what people have done to you, no matter what a spouse may have done to you. You have to forget that. You have to forgive it. You have to let it go because that thing will hound you and it will hinder you in the relationship that you have presently or it will hinder you in the future relationships that you have. You have to forgive. And to forgive, God will enable you to forget the pain. And forget the sorrow. Praise the Lord. You have to forgive your spouse. I mean, some people, they take it 10 years down the road. They're reminding them of what they did 10 years ago. They remind them of what they did uh, 5 years ago, 2 years ago, 6 months ago, and just a few minutes ago. (laughs) But you submit to God first. Submit to one another. Submit to your husband have a submissive attitude Mm-mm. when a husband and wife are in agreement it produces resistance to the devil in your lives when you're in agreement it produces a resistance and sometimes it's not always i resist you devil who i resist you devil sometimes just do the word I submit to my husband. I'm submissive in my attitude toward my wife. My children are submitted. You know, some of that just obedience puts resistance up. I mean, you don't even, you you got a good resistance in your system. You're not walking around with a little mask on all the time. Why? Because there's resistance that's built in. And, and that you're not always having to take every other precaution. My God, I don't want to be around anybody that's sick. Well, I lay hands on the sick all the time. But I'm not receiving the sickness. I'm releasing the healing. I'm believing for God's power to overcome the sickness and disease. I'm believing for the power of God to flow through me. Now, in your life, you can believe for the power of God to flow through you. And the love of God to flow through you. And it can resist. We need to just build up walls around our home. That the devil can't come in. Through prayer. Through faith. Through agreement. Through love. Through kindness. Praise God forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. God wants your home to be protected. He wants it to be preserved. He wants your children to be protected. And you can have protection over your home. Your children can go to school, but they can still be protected because there's grace on your home. There's grace on your family. Praise God. You don't always have to live in fear of what's going to happen, what somebody's going to do, what's going to occur, and what your children are going to do, or what they're not going to do. You can trust in the Lord because you know that you've done the right thing. You've sown the right seed. You've put the Word in their hearts, and you believe. God is going to help them to stay on the right course and stay on the right track. And God's going to work in their life. And you've set an example of love and agreement in your home. You've set an example of submission in your life. And so, therefore, they follow that pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Glory yeah. to God. They're learning from you. Not just what you say, but what you do. Because they're watching you every day. They're looking at you. And they'll test you. I'm going to have your children test you. Your children will test you to see if you will command obedience. And they don't have to be 10 to do that. They can be 2. 2 years old, but something in their flesh says, I am going to test my mama. They may not be thinking, reasoning it out, but something in their flesh is going to put a test on mama right now. To see if she will command obedience. Put a test on my daddy right now. To see if they will command obedience when they're 10. They'll see if you'll command obedience when they're 13. They will see if you will command obedience when they're 16. They will see if you will command obedience. Because they're getting grown now, you know. They're getting grown. And so that word grown, you'd like to see. What does that mean? Because... I don't see a lot of fruit of development here right now, of growth. You're 16 and you're grown. I know people that are 35 and they're not grown. because they had some major uh, development problems when they were children, and when they were 13, they had some major development problems, and they didn't deal with some issues, and parents didn't deal with some issues, and now we're dealing with them, and pastors got to deal with them when you're 35, and when you're 40, and 55, still dealing with the issues that mama didn't deal with. Y'all just smile at me and say, we love you, pastor. It wasn't driven out when you were young, and so now we're still working on it. But in love, speaking the truth in love, believing in you that God can help you to come through some things and develop some things in your life so that you can have a wonderful experience with your husband or your wife and have a wonderful experience in your home. And the house divided against itself will not stand, but if it is in agreement, it will stand. And God will cause it to endure. Praise God. And the blessings of God will be on your life because you've learned to resist the devil in your home. Resist the devil in your marriage. Resist the devil in your family. Resist the devil in, in your relationships. And don't let the devil put wedges in between you and them. Amen. Glory, to God. Amen. Amen. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. It says, how should one chase a thousand? But two, and two, put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. I mean, we'd like the devil to just shut up. And sometimes while you're obeying God, you're you're pressing through some things to do the right thing, to choose the right course of action in your life. You're just Shutting the devil up. You're opening the heavens up. By your willingness, your obedience, your submission to God and his word, your attitude toward others, your spouse, your your husband, your wife, your attitude toward other relationships in your life, when you're just doing the right thing, then you're shutting the devil up. And you're open the heavens up and God's blessing is poured out. His grace is flowing down. Praise God. And he gives more grace to the humble. And the grace of God is flowing down on your soul and on your mind and on your emotions. And the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And the grace of God fills your house and the devil is shut out, locked down. Hallelujah. He does not have a place, neither give place to the devil. Shut the devil out of your life. One will chase a 1,000, but two will put 10,000 to flight. You see, there's multiplied power and agreement. So if you get a husband and a wife in agreement and the devil comes to your house, it says that two will put 10,000 to flight. 10,000 demons could gather around your house, and the grace of God and the power of God and the power of agreement in your life would resist the devil, and he'd have to flee from you and go down the road somewhere where he could find some disharmony and disagreement, and he's the one that promotes that in people's lives. And I'll tell you, if he can get disagreement, disharmony, disunity in your home, he will destroy you. But if he can if God can get unity and love and kindness and compassion and, and faithfulness and submission and the love of God abounding in your home, the devil can't win. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Ecclesiastes four. Ecclesiastes four. And verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one. There is a good reward. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. So when you have a good mate, there are times when you're at a weak point, but they are strong and they can lift you up. Two are better than one. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. One will lift up his husband or his wife. Come on. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. So whether it's your husband, your wife that's lifting you up, praise God. Or whether it's a friend or whether it's a spiritual relationship in the church. You don't want to be alone. The devil likes to get you all alone, get you to hide out by yourself. I mean, he can start putting the pressure on you and temptation and tests and, 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 and negative feelings. And, and the first thing the devil tells you, you just need to stay home. And first thing I'm going to tell you is your pastor, just go to church. You don't feel like going to church. You don't want to be around people, especially those spiritual people. You don't want to explain anything. You don't want to have to tell them or say anything. You just go to church, sit down, listen to the Word, worship God, and let God drive that thing out of your life and go home in the peace of God, in the love of God. Don't let the devil keep you away from the body. There's somebody that's going to lift you up. Somebody's going to help you up. And if you fall, there's always somebody there for you at your time and your point of need, you need to know that you got some people in your life around you that are going to help you when you need help. Hallelujah. That's why the devil wants to get you all by yourself because he'll knock you down and try to keep you down, put his foot on your head. Thank God there's somebody just coming to punch him out. How many glad for some good friends in your life? Hallelujah. And if you've been married very long, your wife has helped you through a few things. If you've been married very long, your husband's helped you th- through a few things. And sometimes your children have told you what you've taught them. How many are glad for your children when they come back and tell you? They tell you the Word. They heard the Word in church. They heard it from you, and now they're telling you, they're reminding you, thank God for the Word. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to speak the Word in your life. Somebody's going to edify you. Somebody's going to build you up. Somebody's going to lift you up in your time of trouble. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. That's a good marriage scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't be going into the other room saying, hey, I ain't sleeping in here. No, you better sleep in your bed. You're going to get cold in there. <laughs> you ain't sleeping with me. Well, we got married, so we better be sleeping together. It's sad. I counsel enough. Where are you sleeping? Well, I'm sleeping upstairs. I'm sleeping downstairs. No, you better get in bed and get some heat going. Hallelujah. (laughs) If two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? (laughs) And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord. I don't have time to elaborate on that right now. So we're going to move right along. said, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. Listen. Two shall withstand him. If one prevail, but two shall withstand. So if you get in agreement with your husband and your wife, you're able to withstand the enemy. Then he says, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So you're not just dependent on your spouse here or your husband or your wife only. But if you can get you two together and you can stay in agreement with God, a threefold cord is not easily or quickly broken. So if you got God on your side and you're submitted to God and you're submitted to one another and you're submitted to your husband, I'm telling you, the threefold cord is not quickly broken. The devil comes easy. He just can't get in there. If anybody knows about a rope, ropes are twisted together. And the reason they're twisted together is because they're stronger. If you had just one strand, it doesn't have the same strength that if those things are twisted together. You have a threefold cord twisted together and has a greater strength and a greater power. And I watch cords or ropes begin to break and certain parts would start breaking, but you still got another two strands holding the weight. And so you can mend that thing and heal that thing. But a threefold cord is not quickly broken. God wants to hold you steady. I said God wants to hold you steady. When one's weak, then another is strong. Hallelujah. And when both are weak, God is strong. And he's never weak, and he will strengthen the both of you, and God will cause you to walk together in agreement in love, in grace, in peace, and mercy, and the grace of God being on your life. You can win with the stuff that God gives you to win with. Hallelujah. God enables you to overcome in life. You are created to win in life. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher. And we believe, God, that you're instructing us and giving us light and understanding and giving us wisdom. And, Father God, teaching us to navigate through the things of life, teaching us to win in our marriage, in our home, and in all of our relationships. Father, we pray that your wisdom would work in us and that we would maintain a spirit of faith and spirit of agreement in our lives with the relationships that you put within us. Our lives in Jesus' name. every head bowed and every eye closed, no one moving around just for you. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, you can call on Jesus. You can call on Him for your salvation. Salvation is a gift, it's not something you have to work for or you have to earn by your own merits. It's something that you receive by simple faith in the fact that Jesus died for your sin and that God raised Him again from the dead. Just pray this simple prayer right now and call on the name of Jesus. Say, dear God, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sin and that you raised him again from the dead. I confess you, Jesus, as the Lord of my life. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer today, you are saved. You're a child of God. God is your Father and He has a great plan for your future. Give us a call today at the number on your screen. We want to send you a book free of charge with no obligation on your part. It's our desire to be a help to you in your spiritual life, and we believe the best years of your life are ahead.
1: Life is not a sprint, it's a journey, and a bend in the road is not the end of the road. No matter what life throws at you, God has an answer.
0: In life, we all have trials and tests and temptations that come against us. But there can be a life of joy that causes you to endure through the test. And you can rejoice your way to victory.
1: When life's moving too quickly, sometimes we just need to stop and realize that God's working on us. And one of the things He's trying to do is develop patience.
0: James chapter one says, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing this that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing.
1: This series will help you learn that through everything life throws at you, there is a way to win and find joy that will bring you success you only imagine. THIS SERIES INCLUDES THE TITLES JOY FOR THE JOURNEY, COUNT IT ALL JOY, JOY IN HIS PRESENCE, AND FROM SORROW TO JOY. GOD HAS A PLAN NO MATTER WHAT ROAD YOU'RE ON, AND THIS SERIES WILL HELP YOU AND ENCOURAGE YOU TO ENJOY EVERY STEP. ORDER TODAY.
0: WE ENCOURAGE YOU TO CALL US TODAY FOR THIS NEW SERIES CALLED JOY FOR THE JOURNEY. YOU CAN REJOICE AND YOU CAN HAVE